You're listening to VIP Niche Ideas with your host, Glenn Alsop. Glenn Alsop of ViperChill.com. In the only podcast on this topic, each episode will inspire you with niche marketing and website ideas you can use to take your online projects to the next level. Here's your host. Here's your host. Hello there, this is your host, Glenn from ViperChill.com, and this is episode four of VIP Niche Ideas. So it's been a while since I recorded one of these, so it may sound a little bit different to the last uh, three that you've heard. Uh, It's been at least six or seven months, which is terrible, I know, but I am making up for it now. So VIP Niche Idea number four is how to make millions with a viral news style website. And when I sent out the email, when I first went live with this, I said it's available and it's necessary and relevant for a limited time only. And the other headline I gave it on my website was the strategy I use for my niche side project inspired by Viral Nova. Now, ever since I went ahead with this, Viral Nova actually sold for 100 million dollars, which is pretty freaking insane, especially when you keep in mind that um, a couple months before Viral Nova was sold, I actually spoke with the owner of the website, Scott DeLong. I shared a few tweets and emails with him. And one day he tweeted, I'm done with this. I'm sick of the press. I'm going to delete the website. Fortunately, Scott did not delete the website. He kept it going. He deleted the tweet, which said he was going to delete it. And he ended up making $100 million, which is not a bad payday for anyone at all. So today, what you're going to learn in this episode is why two huge brands with more than 500,000 Facebook fans often get less than 100 likes per status, why I wouldn't start a Viral Nova competitor but would learn from their success, and I'm going to show you the exact strategy I'm taking with a niche side project of mine, which currently has more than 600,000 fans on Facebook, And this week alone, I've reached around 450,000 people. And I'm talking this week as in December 2015. So it's, you know, I wrote the article a while ago. I'm recording this podcast a little bit later. It's still working very well. Around 450,000 people this week, 9,000 new likes this week. Um, And it's not just a general viral website. It's related to a specific industry. And it's something that's making money. So just over a year ago, I wrote a blog post titled How to Reach 100 Million Unique Visitors in Just Six Months. The article was about a site called Viral Nova that had whipped up a mini press storm after the owner of the site, Scott DeLong, said it was on track to pull in $400,000 that month just a few months after launch. Following my post, which covered the site and its competitors in a lot of detail, thousands of these websites popped up seemingly overnight. While many were abandoned as quickly as they were started, some people did have success. In my follow-up blog post on ViperChill, which updated readers about the industry and the most prominent sites almost in a where-are-they-now kind of fashion, I also highlighted success stories from some ViperChill readers. Harold Paris started a French-focused viral site after reading my article and showed me his stats of reaching 4 million page views in May, just a month after launching his website. Azam Sheikh started a viral news site with a political and religious angle, which received over 500,000 visitors in just three days. It is, of course, no secret that because these sites are primarily reliant on Facebook traffic, just one change to the Facebook newsfeed algorithm could have a damning effect on their results. Facebook could literally wipe out their business model on a whim. It has been 10 months now since that second post, and it just feels right to talk about this topic again. 
After all, I've used the heart of these viral sites to grow one of the biggest brands in my industry in just the past few months. So just in the past year now, it's still less than a year since I started that website. In that first article I wrote on this topic, I said if you're gonna start one of these viral sites, do it now. In the second article on my topic, I said the train is leaving the station, but there are still a few opportunities to have success with this angle. Now I'm saying I really wouldn't start one of these sites today in the Viral Nova style as you know it, but I would do something similar. Create a niche specific version of what makes these websites so successful. That means instead of running a general clickbait blog which covers you wouldn't believe what happened next type stories, just focus on one industry. So if I were a baseball fan, that might mean having a site whose content is geared towards topics like watch this amazing play from ex-baseball player which looks exactly like the play he did last year, which is actually the headline from a story uh, which went viral recently. While you can make this headline very quote-unquote baity, it does not look deceptive to baseball fans or even sports fans for that matter. The general stories are the ones that tend to get bad rep, not those focused on a specific industry. One of the main reasons I love this quote-unquote niching down is that you can decrease the cost at which you attract your initial audience. If you're running a general viral site, you're usually targeting general people. In a niche-specific site, which runs on some viral elements, you can really narrow down your ad targeting focus and get much cheaper click costs and fans because of it. More on that later. For now, I want to tell you about a few examples of what I'm talking about, and let's start with a giant. The rise of a niche mega brand, example number one. I fucking love science. Probably the biggest example I can think of from a site that combines viral content and informative articles specific to one topic is I fucking love science. <laughs> I like saying that. The page currently has more than 19 million fans on Facebook and their growth shows no signs of slowing down. Of course, just because they brand themselves as a science-focused page, it doesn't mean they're not cashing in on viral-style news. A post they shared just nine days ago has over 1.2 million likes and 275,000 shares. What was the post? A picture of a baby rabbit with the caption, baby rabbits look like old kung fu masters. Not very scientific. Here are some other popular articles from the site which have done really well on Facebook. 10 things you didn't know about vaginas, 406,000 shares. Automatic sperm extractor introduced into a Chinese hospital. 383,000 shares. Meet the owl with eyes like the night sky, 370,000 Facebook shares. No doubt each of these sent far more website visitors than the number of shares they received. So that's a shit ton of traffic they're able to monetize. Uh, when I wrote this down, I was doing stars when I said fucking and shit, but you know, you guys are old enough. Um, <laughs> like most sites getting a lot of traffic from Facebook, they generate a portion of their revenue via tabula ads, which try to tempt people to click on other viral style websites and viral style news. What they do a bit differently is actually having a focus on collecting email subscribers. If you've been interested in internet marketing for more than a few weeks, you'll already know how powerful having an email subscriber is. If you haven't, then let's just say I'd rather have an email subscriber than any other form of traffic heading to a sales page. When you niche down, you can make your lead magnet, that's the thing that entices people to give you their email address, much more focused towards your industry, which increases your conversion rate. They've also created an I Love Science online store where they're trying to cash in on geeky merchandise such as t-shirts which say, come to the nerd side, we have pie, and talk nerdy to me. 
People have been making a killing from Facebook t-shirt sales, most notably via Teespring, so I have a feeling they're doing pretty well with this. While there's obviously a huge part of their audience that wouldn't be interested in actual scientific documents and going through research papers, they have certainly managed to build an audience of people who is at least partly veered towards a specific subject rather than just trying to reach anyone and everyone. Similar web shows that their traffic is dropping slightly, but they're still at 50 million visitors per month, yet Compete.com predicts that at least their US audience is growing month by month. It's hard to know without having private access to their analytics, but at least for now, the numbers are very good. The creator of the website, British female Alisa Andrew, even signed a deal with the Discovery Channel to have them air a segment about the content her page shares on their network. I don't have any income figures for the site, but when it's generating as many page views as this one is, she likely has very few financial worries. So the rise of a niche mega brand example number two, Car Buzz. So I shared a screenshot in my article uh, showing they have more than a million likes. Um, and I also showed that I like the page. Why? Because I like cars. I don't know a ton about them and could pretty much only change a tire if something went wrong, but I do enjoy seeing new models from companies like Ferrari, Lamborghini, and McLaren, and most recently, I'm kind of falling in love with Maserati. Uh, I just wish they'd have a few more convertible options. And here's something a little odd, yet totally normal. Besides the similar page, Car Throttle, I don't subscribe to any other car-related pages. Autoblog have far more informative content on actual car specifics, but the angle of the content they share is just boring. Jalopnik have a far bigger brand and post far more articles each day, but by and large, they too are boring. These two pages have 380,000 and 233,000 likes respectively, yet Autoblog's latest Facebook update from four hours ago has just 42 likes. Jalopnik's from 10 hours ago has just 29 likes. It certainly doesn't help that they're posting articles with headlines like Weekly Recap, Ford GT Inspires Guitar, Foosball Table, Sailboat. Really? You expect people to click on that? Compare that with the headlines CarBuzz are posting along with their articles. The Mercedes 2025 concept truck, concept truck is an awesome robo-truck, 38,000 Facebook shares. How much is a Ferrari really worth? 38,000 Facebook shares. Ford Racing reveals Mustang GT King Cobra, 48,000 Facebook shares. Notice how only one of those headlines can really be classified as car news. They find a cool car that people find interesting and they've done the research into a brand that people would like to know more about. I don't know anything about the guys behind Car Buzz, but they clearly know how to get petrol heads interested in the stories they have to share. I do know that carbuzz.co.uk was around far long, long before carbuzz.com, but the success of the car side of the .com site led the founders of the .co.uk site to rebrand car to rebrand car wow and change their entire business model. So last example here, the rise of a niche mega brand example number 3, the art of manliness. If you've been interested in reading marketing blogs for the last few years, then you've probably came across people highlighting the success of the art of manliness. Their blog was one of the top 100 in the world at one point, based on how many people were talking about it, well before social media became mainstream. Unlike some blogs which graced the technorati.com homepage and disappeared, the art of manliness have managed to take their unique niche focus and transfer the appeal over to Facebook as well. Here's a sampling of their content that received a lot of love on the social network. 
How to use your baby as a piece of exercise equipment and illustrated guide. 58,000 Facebook shares. Gird up your loins and illustrated guide. 140,000 Facebook shares. How to undo the damage of sitting. 84,000 Facebook shares. This content is clearly relevant to the niche they're operating in, but also hugely attractive to an audience like Facebook. The Gird Up Your Lines example was a graphic-based post that certainly caught people's attention when browsing their newsfeed. So here's how I use this in my own website project. If you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, you'll have read over the last few weeks about my new niche case study website. By the way, I'm no longer really active on Twitter, but if you do want to follow me on Facebook, just head on over to facebook.com forward slash Viperchill. That's V-I-P-E-R-C-H-I-L-L. Um, I will probably reveal the website I'm talking about at one point. It's not a huge secret, uh, but some of my major goals are yet to be reached, so I don't want to kind of get some benefit from my audience of people listening here and and I will reach those goals. I want to reach them myself first. So if I post a status this second, I have no doubt it would be on a thousand plus likes by the time you get to the end of this podcast. That is guaranteed. So I wrote this again. I wrote this six months ago, um, but I'm, I'm updating you now in December. That is still true today as it was six months ago. If I shared something right now on the Facebook page, it'll have a thousand likes before you get to the end of this episode. I average at least 4,000 likes per status, most of which happen in the first two hours of sharing something. While it may sound like I'm just running some very general viral site, I'm not. First of all, I'm not targeting American or English-speaking audiences. I'm targeting people in Asian countries who want the kind of news that American or English people would typically get about that specific topic. For instance, let's say my site is a football blog. The Taiwanese or Singaporean sports channels aren't going to give us in-depth information about the Premier League and the goings-on, as well as the people in the UK who have direct access to the players, the managers, the coaching staff, and so on. With my site, I bridge a kind of gap that people might experience because they're not where that kind of news is being generated. Secondly, my website is about a specific topic. While it does have a huge audience, again, something like football, it is definitely a brand for people who have more passion about that in particular industry than the average person. The main concern a lot of people have when it comes to niching down is that you lose your income potential. After all, surely you make less money when your content appeals to 5 million people in the US and not 100 million. You would be surprised. In a lot of cases, the smaller audience can generate a greater income simply because you know what kind of ads, products, and services you can sell to them. If you run a generic website like Viral Nova, you're pretty much set on running generic ads that please all people. If you niche down though, you can target people with live streaming software so they can catch games, affiliate links to local cable subscription channels, club merchandise, DVDs of their favorite football clubs scoring goals, and so on and so on. In my personal example, I've niched down twice, once by geographic region I'm targeting and once by the specific industry I cover. Based on Facebook likes, I am now the number one brand in my industry. When I wrote the article I had wrote, I was second biggest um, and I was 330,000 likes. Now I am the biggest by around 90,000 likes and I have more than 600,000. Now the interesting part is this, the, the biggest page or the page that was biggest before They are part of a company with more than $100 million and they are utilizing Facebook in a large number of markets. In fact, just a few months ago, they purchased another brand in MySpace for $15 million. 
While I don't expect to be pulling in millions of dollars from this website per year anytime soon, I can definitely see it doing 10 to $15,000 per month in the not too distant future. Now this leads me to the next important point about being able to niche down your website. You can build a brand that people will come back to even if Facebook traffic is no longer in your favor. That's so important if you're in this for the long haul. So what happened to all the viral Nova clones of the past? Well, in preparation for this podcast and the article I wrote, I of course had to delve back into the traffic stats for sites like Viral Nova and Bored Panda to see how Facebook changes had fared for them. In all honesty, I expected their traffic to have dropped significantly, especially for Viral Nova, due to how little activity they're getting on individual st- status updates compared to the past. While I don't have direct access to their traffic stats, Compete.com, Alexa, and similar web all show similar dips and spikes that aren't too drastically different from the numbers they used to reach. Even Upworthy, which is mocked by big, big publications for losing a huge share of their traffic, have been able to keep levels steady over the last few months. 10 million visitors per month is nothing to scoff at. Tools that predict website traffic show Viral Nova reaching around 9, 9 million US unique visitors in March of 2015. For Board Panda, they all show the site generally reaching 30 to 40 million US unique visitors. Those numbers appear, appear to be fairly consistent over the past few months. It's clear from looking at general viral style sites, viral style sites, not too easy to say, <laughs> that Board Panda have put a lot more work into their appearance to try and make it look like a legitimate resource compared to the competition. While Viral Nova was redesigned since it first launched, the site still gives off a tacky feel and with so many competitors, there's nothing that would make new visitors to the site feel like it's any different from the hundreds of other sites in this field they see on Facebook. Although the visitor numbers don't predict any negative trends just yet, I can't help but feel that the future does not look great for these sites that rely so heavily on this one traffic source. Though I'm sure the owners won't mind too much, The income they've made so far is ridiculous. So here's the angle you should take to build a sustainable viral news website. When I first covered these sites more than a year ago, it was clear there was a lot of room for competitors to enter the industry and follow a similar pattern. Write viral content for the masses and target it to the masses. While those sites haven't died just yet, I can't see their results stretching very far into the future. As I covered at the start of this podcast, if you're going to attempt to build one of these sites now, go niche. To be honest, I wouldn't even dedicate an entire site to a niche version of Viral Nova. Build a website for a specific audience, so football lovers, car lovers, animal lovers, and have a small percentage of your content focused towards clickbait style stories which bring in floods of traffic. This is what exactly what I've done with my own niche site, and so far the results are incredible. On a daily basis, my team write around 8 to 10 articles on our topic, 5 to 7 of which will be news-related or at least informative. Two or three of these articles each day will be virally focused, i.e. you won't believe what happened when X, but still related to my industry. And I'm not the only one noticing this. So someone left a comment on the VibeChill Facebook page. Again, it's facebook.com forward slash VibeChill. Uh, I post a lot of in, like motivating stuff there. So if you want to you know, if you want to get daily days of motivation, daily dose of motivation to keep you going in the morning and it's much better than my voice on the podcast you know it's a graphic so i can't mess that up too bad um go follow me there facebook.com forward slash viper chill so lyman perrien said i actually just started a site 
like this, but hyper-focused in a niche. I'm utilizing this style of content to cultivate a large following, then using this following to promote affiliate offers. So far, it's going really well. 3,300 likes in one week, and one of my posts is going viral, up 1,200 likes and 700 shares. I've already generated a good bit of sales on Amazon, all from social traffic. Next step is to start building my list. So that's someone who's saying, you know, it's not just me saying, hey, there's money to be made there. Uh, and this works. Someone else like commenting on Viperchill saying, hey, I decided to go hyper-focused. And guess what? I'm actually uh, making money now. So to help you understand a little bit more what we're talking about, it's probably better to give an example. So Empire Flippers, a free strategy and action guide to making this work. I'll tell you now, this is a very difficult thing to write and a difficult topic to talk about. If it hasn't flowed as well as my previous niche updates, then I apologize. But there's just so many tangents and things I want to talk about that make it this all very difficult to piece together. To try and fix that, I've decided to add an example of how to put this in action. It should already be clear to you that if you're still tempted to build a viral style website, go niche. Don't target everyone. I still think there's a ton of money to be made with that angle. If I didn't, I wouldn't be doing it myself. Trying to think long-term by my own recommendations would be a little different. Empire Flippers is a website ran by two guys who have based their entire brand around people helping around helping people sell their websites. Their homepage entices you to buy or sell a website. Their blog teaches you how to buy or sell a website. Their podcast, you guessed it, talks about buying and selling websites, mostly. There is very little more to it than that. So how could a brand like that with such a laser focus use this topic and this subject and these ideas that I'm talking about in this episode to reach more people? Well, here's just a few content ideas from the top of my head. You wouldn't believe what the world's most expensive domain name sold for. Guess how much the highest winning bid was for a listing on Flipper. Flipper is, by the way, a website marketplace. Here are 10 teenagers who went from broke to millionaire by selling their website. I'm sure you're starting to get the idea. Now, the important part, of course, at least for this strategy, is to do this sparingly. If they started doing this daily or even just once per week, there's no doubt they would lose some of the credibility they have built up over the years with their audience. However, there would certainly be no harm in throwing this in their usual content once a month or even once a fortnight. I like their brand and I would definitely click on those article titles. It's a niche I care about and I don't feel like I'm being baited if I get the content the headline promised. If you've been involved in making websites or internet marketing for a while, then saying write viral content probably isn't anything new to you. However, the angle here is to make the emphasis of that viral content almost entirely angled towards Facebook users. It's not to get Reddit talking about you, even though that would be nice. It's not to get bloggers linking to you. It's not to it's not to reach the top 1,000 websites on Alexa for the day. It's about reaching a huge Facebook audience that will convert on your site in various ways. That's the primary goal. The first step to taking advantage of Facebook in this way, you know, being eth- ethical but profitable, is to start building a large Facebook page. I've wrote a ton of ways on how to do that at viperchill.com forward slash 1,000. So you write that in numbers one triple zero dash Facebook dash guide viperchill.com forward slash 1000 dash facebook dash guide while buying likes doesn't mean that you'll reach the people you've bought over and over again it does let you reach them for a cheaper price in the future or at least a percentage of them for free so here's how writing great content can help you reach seven million dollars in annual revenue 
Now that you've seen how I'd write content for one industry, let's look at another example. Veteran internet marketers will be all too aware of how well Pingdom, a site monitoring service which tells you if your website goes offline, have done with content marketing. When I first started out online, I would see people talking about their blog at every chance and of course, that got you thinking about the service that they offer. I always knew they were doing more than $1 million per year, but according to hoovers.com, they're now pulling in close to $7 million per year in revenue. The content they posted was always with the times and something you wanted to talk about. How to make sure your blog survives the dig effect was perfectly timed back in 2007 when dig was dig, that's D-I-G-G.com, was known for sending so much traffic to sites that they went offline. Sharing that Reddit is twice as fast as dig gave Reddit users something to be interested in and they happily shared the article out of pride. Headlines like the top secret room where 260 internet service providers connect piqued curiosity, as did the geekiest articles on Wikipedia. Both earned click earned clicks from feed readers. The list of clever articles they posted goes on and on. They continually shared great interesting content related to their niche that you just wanted to talk about. Their writers deserve a raise if they haven't had many already. I feel like webmasters today are, are missing out on taking these kind of angles with their content to help reach the masses. That was just my Pomodoro going off. Starting a new one now. To reach the masses. Sure, you'll reach a lot of people who probably aren't interested in your services if you do go viral, but you'll reach a lot of people who are as well. By the way, I have this <laughs> just a little personal insight here. I have this weird habit where I say something like go viral and that my hands automatically make these air quotes. So just imagine wherever you are around the world listening to me now, anytime I pause and say something like go viral or ethical but profitable, I'm, I'm literally lifting up my hands and doing these air quotes and I have no idea why because no one could see me. So back, <laughs> back to the topic. Now that those two strategy options are clear, let's get into some actionable tactics. So as always, I'm not just gonna give you fluff and theory and ideas. I'm gonna show you, here's how to do it. Here's where the action is. And I really believe, or I like to think that that is what separates uh, my podcast from all of the other podcasts you're gonna find out there on the web. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you subscribe. I hope you share it with your friends. And most importantly, I hope you take action because there's a lot of money to be made here with the advice that I have to share. So pay to play or not, Facebook is still where it's at. There are increasing complaints from Facebook marketers that their organic reach is down and Facebook is becoming too pay to play. I didn't do the air quotes that time. <laughs> if you've been piggybacking off Facebook's growth for free, then you don't really have anything to complain about. I do understand the frustration on the part of people who have paid for a lot of Facebook likes via Facebook's own platform and still can't reach those people with every update but I at least find reaching them again cheaper than it was the first time. It can only be considered that this situation is going to get much worse. The growth of Facebook is already slowing down, they've reached a huge portion of the population already, and the people looking to market to those users is only increasing. I alone have six pages which I actively use to try to target people on the site. There just isn't enough space in the newsfeed for Facebook to show everything to everyone. Now, I'm not trying to suck up to them here. They are truly awful when it comes to advertiser support. But if your Facebook feed was purely full of page updates and hit everything your friends share, you would stop visiting so much and they wouldn't, have to in, they wouldn't even have an audience to monetize anymore. While organic reach may be disappearing, so organic meaning reach you get for free just by posting updates to your page, smart marketers are definitely still getting an ROI from the platform. After all, Facebook users buy products from your websites, click on links with enticing headlines, sign up to email lists, 
enter competitions, share your website with their friends and family. They may be harder to reach, but they definitely still have an audience full of people who will convert if you can reach them with the right angle. Strategy advice number two, try to get other niche-focused pages to talk about you. The surprising truth about a lot of big Facebook pages in certain industries is that they were never designed to make money and don't really have the potential to make money. Many of them were just created by people who wanted to share something that they're interested in. As such, when they have the opportunity to make money from their page or even just share something cool, air quotes again, they'll often, surprisingly, jump at the chance. To see what I'm talking about, here's an example of one of the popular car guy pages on Facebook who are promoting the content of Car Buzz. Car Buzz, I talked about earlier, uh, being one of those huge mega brands, more than a million likes. So Supercars of London, with 42,000 Facebook fans, are sharing Car Buzz articles. Brian Zuck, who is a car photographer who has 2.9 million fans, is sharing Car Buzz articles. Alex Smolik, another photographer, now with 3.9 million fans, is sharing their articles. From what I can recall, Supercars of London is actually a huge YouTube brand, but it doesn't appear that they've transferred that over to Facebook. They just have around 40,000 likes right now. However, those other two people, Brian Zuck with 2.9 million likes and Alex Smolik with 3.9 million, um, clearly have a huge following. Now, here's the, two, the thing about those two popular pages. They photograph cars for a living. They probably never expected to make any money from their pages besides potentially having car brands notice their skills and reach out to hire them. Of course, I have no idea how or why they're sharing car buzz articles, but these are not once-off incidents. They share at least two to three articles per week from the website. I expect some money is involved, of course, but it's probably less than you expect. Recently, I reached out to a popular page in the industry I'm targeting who had 100,000 more fans than me at the time. So I'm bigger than them now, but when I reached out to them, they had 100,000 more fans than me. I asked them if I could pay them to link to my articles. To be honest, they were the second biggest brand in the field, and I never expected a reply. After a few phone calls, we got an answer. $600 for 10 status updates with my link in them. The own caveat was that they must all be shared within one month. Was it worth it? Hell yeah, I had new record days thanks to them messaging, mentioning me, especially since Facebook gave far more weight and prominence to a story when multiple brands are mentioning it. I also got to pick up which time they went live, I asked for 7pm, in relation to when most of my audience are checking Facebook. Be sure to read my latest Facebook posts on the Vibratural blog if you have no idea how to determine when most of your fans are aligned. While it's hard to measure branding, they quickly allowed me to be seen by my target audience as a website to watch. After all, the audience had no idea I was paying for these mentions, they just saw a Facebook page they love sharing links to another related website. Trust me on this one, write your own viral content. This is action step number three. When you see the success of other brands with certain content they've posted, it can be very tempting to almost duplicate it exactly. If something gets 50,000 shares on BuzzFeed and it's mostly picture-based content, it's very tempting just to copy those images, put them on your own site, and reap the viral benefits as well. Even if you're focusing on a specific niche industry, you will likely find other sites in your field who are posting some form of content that goes viral and be tempted to mimic that. If I'm being honest with you, once again, for my own site, I do this for around 10% of posts. I don't go and just steal their original content, but if someone, for example, has a YouTube video that their audience appears to love, for instance, I'll go and put that video on my site and share it also. 
Generally, these updates do quite well, but they never do great. I know what goes viral for one audience gener should generally do well for another audience with the same interests. That, de that dress, by the way, was definitely white and gold. Uh, but there's always going to be a slight disconnect if it wasn't your discovery or it doesn't fit perfectly within your niche. Every single one of my own viral content examples have done 10 times better traffic-wise than any viral story I've attempted to copy from other websites. My first attempt, which I tweeted a few weeks ago, started off terribly. I didn't get the likes or comments or shares on Facebook which a post of mine normally would. I assumed it had failed. What I wasn't looking at was my traffic stats. People weren't interacting on the Facebook update as much as normal in a very short time frame because they were all clicking on the link to my site. That was the day we hit more than 20,000 visitors for the first time. Only on one occasion where we've wrote our own content with the aim of having it spread throughout our audience and the rest of Facebook has it failed. Even in that failure example, it still did as well as a typical post, just not better, which is what I had hoped for. Car Throttle, the huge car startup owned by 26-year-old Adnan Ibrahim, do this very well. Each day they publish, along with user-generated content, dozens if not hundreds of articles from other websites. Whether that's a trailer of car games which are coming out, or a video about how NOS works, NOS, uh, you know, they love that in Fast and Furious, how NOS works from Engineering Explained. What they also produce is their own content, which no doubt has the intention of going viral, and trust me, it does. Adnan tweets a lot about the company and just last month shared that Car Throttle reached more than 1 million page views in a day for the first time ever. A new record for the site. The following day, they broke that record again. You may be worried that this viral style content is difficult to come up with on your own. Maybe you think you're not creative enough. I just don't have ideas like people don't have ideas like people who troll through 9gag or Imager all of their working hours. Now here are my honest thoughts. If you spend enough time thinking about your website and the industry you're in, not about what viral content to write, you'll find these ideas coming to you more than you would expect. I've read so many posts on car throttle that I could write their own viral content for them. One car I like to obsess over is the Mazda MX-5. In part, in full, maybe, <laughs> because it has these little headlights which go up and down at the push of a button. And they took the concept so far that they had their Photoshop experts imagine what other cars would look like with a similar feature. The idea that came to me, what would phones look like if car companies made them? I know there are phones made by car companies, but we're thinking viral here. The Lamborghini phone could have a lighter at the bottom which mimics the flames you find on a modified Aventador exhaust. The Mazda phone would of course have a little cute pop-up torch on the back of the phone you could put up and down all day until your heart's content. Maybe Volkswagen would design a phone with a huge curved back reminiscent of the iconic Beetle design. And in recent news, after them faking all those uh, emissions tests, maybe they could just lie about how much battery uh, the phone really has. Uh, and it just lasts for an hour when you get it. <laughs> so the list goes on, but you get the idea. I'm sure Adnan's Photoshop guys could whip this up in a jiffy. Next action point. Avoid the 99% don't get stuck in the middle. There are really two angles that we've covered in this series update. The huge sites like Board Panda that reach anybody and everyone, and the smaller niche communities like The Art of Manliness, which reach a smaller audience, but still a lot of people. The worst thing you could do, which 99% of people seem to get stuck into, is just landing somewhere in the middle. By becoming a site which tries to reach everyone, yet you do nothing that sets you apart from other viral sites, or you go so niche there's no audience potential left for your audience to grow. I don't care how much you love the Wombles, 
the 80s are over. Recently, one tech news website I used to follow, GigaOM, announced that they were closing their doors. They were reaching millions of people per month, but had simply taken on too much capital from creditors without making their site profitable enough to pay it back. One of the staff writers there had this to say in his own post on why the site died. There's sort of a barbell effect. If you are super small and super focused and super niche, you can succeed, arguably. And if you're super huge and mass and gigantic and growing quickly, you can succeed. But in the middle is death, the valley of death. So arguably we got caught in that valley of death. Since writing is his job, he obviously said that far better than I could. Either way, the point is very clear. So the next point, I cannot help you with your Facebook traffic arbitrage. My original blog post on Viral Nova and the follow-up article resulted in more people email me questions than any other article I've ever written. I'm talking almost a thousand emails and I still get them to this day. While a lot of people, what a lot of people email me about is Facebook arbitrage. While that might seem like a strange word, it basically means paying for traffic from Facebook and making enough money on ads on your site that you can continue to pay for the traffic at a profit. So maybe you pay $100 on Facebook ads, but you made $120 from Google AdSense or Taboola or any other network as a result. A lot of people seem to be focusing on this. I saw an income report on Jukio.com where that was literally their only monetization angle when trying to make one of these sites profitable. He said, these sites are all about arbitraging traffic and I wasn't able to find a winning monetization strategy. As a result, I'm leaving these sites on autopilot for now and I'll see if I can think of a better way to monetize them later. While I've heard the success stories of people making thousands of dollars for this, it's honestly not a concern or interest of mine. If this is your focus, I really can't help you. One of the great things about niching down, you know, the entire focus of this podcast episode, is that you reach a niche-focused audience that you can target with niche-focused products. You don't just have to get traffic from Facebook and then send these people straight to a website about exercises to give you 20-20 vision in 24 hours or cure baldness by doing this daily. You get the audience and you pitch them products related to the industry that attracted them to your website in the first place. So the simple, logical way to boost the right Facebook updates. For people who spend a lot of time advertising on Facebook, what I'm about to say probably won't be anything mind-blowing to you. However, I wanted to include this after being amazed by people who email me saying they're spending a lot of money boosting posts on Facebook, but aren't seeing results with them. There should never, ever be a post you boost on Facebook that doesn't get a ton of traction. Why? Because you don't boost it unless the free post got traction. What you may not know about any Facebook status you write is that you can click on the number of the people your post has reached. A pop-up will indicate how many people click on your post link alongside how many people saw your update. If you're starting out, this number is probably very small, but don't underestimate how quickly you can build your audience via likes to writing great content and of course setting aside a small budget for purchasing them as well. What I'm generally looking for is a post that made at least 5% of the people it reached click on the link. Something close to 10% is much better. If it hasn't reached those numbers, no matter how small the audience is, I will not boost it. So again, just to explain that, if a post has reached 10,000 people, if a thousand, if it's 10%, yeah, it's being stupid here. If a post has reached 10,000 people and 500 to 1,000 people have clicked on it, on that link, then I will likely boost it. If I haven't had five to 10%, 500 to 1,000 people clicking it out of those 10,000, I will not boost it. And once people are hooked, 
hook them for life. So this is the last section. If you're getting traffic from Facebook, please be placing cookies on your users' browsers. That sounds terrible. If you're getting traffic from Facebook, please track the people who go to your site so you can stalk them around the web. <laughs> okay, that also sounds terrible. Yet, it's not far from reality. Facebook allows retargeting so it can reach people who have formed a specific action on your site and target them again. If someone visited a certain page, such as your opt-in page, but didn't visit your opt-in confirmation page, you can keep bugging them until they do give up their email address. It only takes a line of code, which Facebook provide, to put this tracking in place. I don't really want to make this episode too much longer by explaining retargeting, aka remarketing, but please make sure you're doing it. I recommend adding Google remarketing to that list also. Even if you have no plans to use Google AdWords anytime soon, at least place those cookies in case you change your mind. It's much people to reach people if you've already reached them before. One of the ways I'm able to get so much traffic to my site with a small budget is because I target people who have already shown me they would click on my links on Facebook before. As of writing this, I have nearly 200,000 people on a remarketing list who have already shown me they click on links on Facebook in their newsfeed. Why would I not want to target them again? So as with every update, I uh, with every VIP niche ideas update, there I get a lot of questions and then I have a lot of answers to give. So if you go to vibechill.com, that's V-I-P-E-R-C-H-I-L-L.com forward slash private dash niche, that's N-I-C-H-E dash project, you will find all of the questions I got asked after this update and the answers I gave. Vibechill.com forward slash private for dash niche, sorry, forward slash private dash niche dash project, you will find answers to the following questions. Are you allowed to republish other people's content on your news site? How do you get the initial traction? Is it all Facebook paid Facebook advertising? And is it post promotion or page promotion? How do you churn out eight to 10 articles a day? Do you outsource them and what rate do you pay? You mentioned recently I reached out to a popular page in the industry. How did you do this? I'm having problems contacting these pages. However, I'm stuck on one point, my domain name. It's kind of up topic here, but have you got any strategy for choosing a suitable, unique domain name for a website? Do I need to spend big and hire writers full time? Can I find quality writers in your part of the world, or online jobs or freelancer? I build a website which is generating 100,000, 150,000 page views per week. I'm currently running content click on my site. Uh, is AdSense better in your webs in your opinion? Uh, second last question I got asked and I answered. Is there any guide about best practices creating such viral news site or, or article? Uh, and the last one I got asked and again answered. I keep feeling there's a real opportunity here within the X niche. After reading your latest post, I'm left with this question. What's the next step I should be trying to make to make this site a success? So if you want to see my answers to all of those questions, head on over to vibechill.com forward slash private dash niche dash project. Thank you so much for listening and please stay tuned. Please follow, please subscribe on SoundCloud or you can head on over to, let me just double check the link. Yeah, vibechill.com forward slash podcast to get all of these episodes. Please do subscribe however you can and share the love if you like the updates I'm sharing here. I will see you again for VIP niche idea number five. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening. And remember my quote of the day, it's not easy, but it is simple.